All right, everyone. Welcome back to this episode of Rise and Shine. Our guest today is Stephen Reggie Regimball. He is the co-founder of Workden.app, which is a fantastic new take on co-working spaces in the city. I tried it myself this week, and I'm definitely going to be going back. Just for listeners of the show, we have a coupon code, John30, J-O-H-N-3-0, that gives you an entire month free trial at any of Workden spaces rather than the traditional one week. And so, without further ado, let's get to this amazing episode with Reggie of Workden. Reggie, welcome to Rise and Shine Radio. Awesome. I love the name. Thanks for having me. So you are an entrepreneur. You have a fantastic entrepreneurial journey that we're going to talk about today. Can you tell us maybe what initially got you interested in entrepreneurship and then maybe what were your first kind of foray into entrepreneurship, what the story behind that was? I think a lot of listeners like to hear the stories of why people got started. Yeah, for sure. That's kind of funny. I just like, I was just like building things now. I love the creative process. It was weird because I was always like a very artistic kind of kid. I was very creative. I was into sports. So I love like working in teams and then I just love like getting to music and I kind of nerded out on that. And, you know, as you just, you get older, you, you just start conceptualizing how things run and, you know, an engineer can think, oh, how it operates mechanically or electrically or chemically or whatever. And then, you know, a lawyer has their kind of set of rules and principles and frameworks. And I think like as a business person, I just kind of saw it as, well, anything that I want to do if I become so good at economics and, and creating businesses, then I can kind of jump into any industry. Cause I never liked one particular industry. I loved God like back in the day. I think I was really into, I was always into that California lifestyle and I was always that like <laughs> what's, super what's kid. That? Okay. Yeah, I know. I just like, I think I like, you know, as a kid, like, you just watch the OC and be like, Oh, that must be cool. There's no winners there. The <laughs> girls are cute. And the guys are like all suntan and like surfing. And I, and I was always into skateboarding, snowboarding. So I got on a surfboard as fast as I could, you know, when I was 16, my, my, my parents took me to like Maine or something. And I just kind of rented a board and just figured it out. Anyways, so that whole culture influenced me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I really want to be a marine biologist. I really love the idea of like living and, and working by the ocean. Well, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of content here and I'd be remiss to, to skip over too quickly. So didn't you, am I mistaken, but didn't you study, you studied sports, uh, sports in high school. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, well, I did like a, like a sports program for any of those non-Quebecois listeners. That's like, like sports school programs, like half day sports and half day education. So my sport was soccer. So yeah, I was always the into discipline sports. discipline started sure. early. Yeah, for sure. Like I was always, you know, I remember just, I'd be double booked every night. Like I'd go from, and I played high level football and I played high level soccer. So, you know, the, the practices kind of always conflict. So, you know, you, you rate, fortunately I, I played two leagues that were like right around the corner each other. So I'd like rush to my soccer game like taking off my football gear, put on my soccer gloves because I was a goalie and vice versa. And I'd just be like, I'd be in the t- football mindset. So it's like if anybody, if like, a, you know, a striker were to rush me, I would just tackle them. And as a goalie, you can kind of get away with it. So uh, that helped for aggression. But I think that's when the idea of just working in teams and, and, and winning, the, the concept of winning came so, so fun. And, and then I guess when, you know, when every, you know, young adult or teenager has to make a decision like, oh, hey, what do I want to do? Like I knew that I didn't want to pursue sports as a full-time thing, I love the social element. And I guess when you're so deprived, uh, like you have, you make friends in sports, but it's not the same as like sleepovers and hanging out and going to parties. And like, you know, when you're doing like, you know, five different sports in the same summer, you know, like at one point I was doing like triple A football, double A soccer. I started playing water polo and I was into skateboarding and I was just like all over the place. So, you know, you don't really have much time to 
get into trouble and it's probably a good thing that I was into so many sports because who knows what but yeah but you know when I grew up I was like you know what like I I want to I want to do more creative stuff and I, I, I was into drumming and I love music and I was a huge like music guy I remember just like sneaking off on the Brandy Montrealers I took the 211 bus from the West Island to <laughs> hit up the shows and on St. Catherine Street and like on a Wednesday night after my homework and so I I, I kind of wanted to merge the two worlds and then, you know, I guess I, I love the idea of aquatic life and surfing. And then when I got to school and I started doing the sciences, I realized, oh, this is cool. But I'm like, but how does it work? I kept saying, like, how does things work? And I just realized that, like, anything could work if you can commercialize it or if you can kind of make it uh, reachable to people. And I guess I started shifting my head more toward, less towards the engineering side of things and the, and, the, and the biology side of things and more towards, like, the science side of things and more towards, like, the overall salespersonship, you know, and then like, how do I, how do I sell this? How do I make this a business? How do people, how do I bring it people together? And, and I, that's kind of fun. And that's, I guess, where the, the music influence growing up kicks in because I can get really creative and being so disciplined in sports and so structured and so practical, it's great for, for, for discipline. But I mean, like I was like a social ADD and I was just so socially deprived being a teenager that when I got to university, I was like, let's party, let's work for the coolest company. So I worked for a startup that just focused on uh, ski trips and party events. So I was like a sales and marketing manager for the region. And it was just basically anybody asked my job description. I was like, you know, if you just, I get paid to like party and network. And then, then I started really understanding how, how people, you know, want to be presented a product and how to shape it and, and be more customer centric. So, yeah. I, I remember the university thing. I think we were in, did we go to university at the same time? We, or in the, did. I, we did. And I, that's where I, I remember you doing all that stuff. I'm surprised we never played soccer against each other because I played, I played in the competitive level as well. But you were playing for Lakeshore? No, I played for uh, Pierrefonds, Pierrefonds Cobras. We yeah. played against Pierrefonds. So one of the only times in my life where I got into fights in sports was uh, against Pierrefonds playing soccer. Yeah, and I, I and I hope I wasn't the cause of that, but I, most I think, likely was. No, you know what? I <laughs> regret it. I think I was certainly the cause, and uh, I, <laughs> bad decisions I made. Uh, I don't know why I did it, but uh, but yeah, fun times against Pierrefonds. Yeah, yeah. What what league did you play for? LaSalle, Villasalle. Oh, of course we got into fights. It was you and Utremont we get into fights for all time. Yeah, Jesus, those uh, those fights, eh? So okay, so there, but you have one of the things that I find interesting with an entrepreneurial brain sometimes is the is the such a diverse range of interests, right? So mm. high level sports across the board, but also music and then all kinds of so engineering and microbiology and how do things work and then maybe transferring those systems into businesses. You was there something about business that that was more interesting than pursuing sports or pursuing music or pursuing engineering? Like, was there some aspect of it that you mm. thought was maybe more desirable? I just always, I just don't like linear. Mm. I don't like anything linear. You know, people, people think, Oh, you know, Hey, like, I just like the idea that you can like grow something exponentially. You know, you can, you can, in sports, you can advance certain levels you know, there's certain accomplishments you can make, you know, everything, everything is like, even like in, in martial arts too. And I know you have a, a strong martial arts background. Yeah. I do a little boxing and, and then more like mixed martial arts, but I never did the whole belt system, but even the belt system is linear and it's cool because you can accomplish certain things. But mm. what I like about entrepreneurship and I got really into digital marketing at an early age at like 17. So I'm 30 now. So this is like a good 13 years ago. And I remember I was reading up on some kid in like Silicon Valley. who was just like some affiliate marketer guy. And he was like 
telling us about mobile marketing and like doing this. I was like, cool, what's affiliate marketing? And then, you know, I'm just hanging on my life. And for some reason I just really got into it. And I love the idea that I can reach people from different parts of the world. So I love the idea of online business. And so I think just, again, like that, that social deprivation or that being so structured, I was like, oh man, like I just want to like meet people and talk to people and just, and just like sell something, you know, like, and, and just influences people's decision. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know where, I guess business is fun. Cause you kind of get to blend a lot of things in the sense that you conceptualize a product and, and, and be creative in that respect. You know, the idea of teamwork and winning and, and being ridiculously competitive. And, and that's something I still have today, hopefully not to my demise, but I just want to win. Like I love winning and, and, but I love winning with people. So I mm -hmm. love working in teams. I can't work alone. You know, it's right. like, so I have an amazing, even for my business now, I got an amazing group of advisors and, and you know, I'm fortunate enough to have a really good group of friends who are really well established in whatever their function is in, in business or in tech. And so I can lean on them for a lot of things. And yeah, I just, I just, I just feel like I was able to hold a conversation and really like authentically enjoy learning about people across different cultures or whatever. It sounds cheesy, but then I figured mm -hmm. I can't really do that. I guess I could do that as a professional athlete, but, I, but not so much as a scientist or not so much as a, as an engineer or anybody working kind of like a, you know, more of a, a structured environment. I just love right. the, I love the ambiguity and chaos and, and clean cabins. Canvas, I think right? that's, that's, that's the point I was going to touch on. And I, and I don't yeah. think, yeah, no, the, the thing it reminded me of when you said the non-linear thing uh, reminds me of certainty versus uncertainty. And maybe yeah. there's a, a lot of certainty involved in a disciplined routine of practice, so to speak, or in certain employments. But one of the things with entrepreneurship is the massive level of uncertainty, which yeah. you know, when things are uncertain, they can be tremendously exciting as I'm sure you're aware of, and also yeah. tremendously, you know, petrifying, but that's part of the journey. And the uncertain aspect is, I think, what draws a lot of, a lot of people to it um, because it's exciting. Tell us about Workden. Yeah. So in a nutshell, yeah, it's pretty cool. So this is, this is my, my latest startup. I've had a few in the past, and this is the one that's really materialized into something that I just feel when I reflect in the past decade of just me learning about business and kind of learning about who I am and what I want to do in this world and the impact in the, in the leg, like not legacy, but like just what the mark I want to leave, you know, mm -hmm. and it's cool. Cause I, I really get to fuse a lot of great things. You know, I'm working with really cool partners in terms of our, our restaurants and our bars and any retail people. And, and I have a background working with them. So I understand their needs, you know, working with the business community and startups and being able to do something good for them. And that's, supplying them with really cool places to work out of be productive that doesn't you know burn a hole in their pocket or not burn a whole pocket but ultimately it'll cost a lot of money and and i love just the scalability I, we can, we're going to grow this thing like you know crazy you know airbnb for workspace we're going to go nuts and and it's really fun and it's really getting a lot of traction and we're we're um really enjoying the feedback we're getting so basically for those who don't know work then is is what we do is we will partner with basically real estate spaces that are empty during the day or at night too, depends. And essentially when they're vacant, we're turning those places into, we're fitting those places into be productive workspaces. So right now we're focusing on bars and restaurants because following COVID and the pandemic, uh, they're hit really hard, like many industries, but this one in particular, we really want to focus on. And, uh, you know, because they already have all this pre-existing infrastructure in place, tables, chairs, you know, it's really, I don't want to say easy, but it's, it's, it's really quick for us being subject matter experts in workspace 
to fit them to be, you know, appropriate for a productive workspace for, for people like, you know, developers, freelancers, people working from home or stuck working at their kitchen table or balloting out their spouse or roommate who gets a table, who gets a couch. And, you know, I know that, go, I know that feeling, you know, that feeling. Yeah. And it, it's funny too. Like I've, you know, a pandemic hit cause so eventually how it started was the story is kind of funny. It's, I don't know if you want to jump in the story, but yeah, it, please. It kind of made, cause it, it's, this is all new, right? This is all new to me and it happened so fast. And it's moving so fast. And like, I was just joking with my, with my partner advisor uh, and we're like, man, like it's been crazy and time flies. So basically, you know, as I mentioned before, I have a really good group of friends and, and, and a couple of us are entrepreneurs and, you know, some of us have made a career out of entrepreneurship. Some of us have jumped in and out and some of us have just kind of gone more of the corporate life, corporate world and become really good at what they do. I was one of those guys who's jumping in and out. My best friend and advisor, Phil, Phil Poirier, he, he actually left the banking world and it was amazing how he even got into the banking world, like just so gritty and he's a super sharp guy. He just like, you know, what's that? I, I don't know who that, that writer is, but it's, it's the, the, the theory of the third door. It's like people go through the, the front to wait in line, people get VIP, but there's always that third door. It's usually in the back and you can get around it to get inside. That, that's my boy, Phil. And that's us, you know, and he got into banking and he crushed it. And he's like, nah, man, I want more. So he, he left the banking world to start his, his business, uh, Wilder and Harrier in alternative foods, focusing in, in the pet food industry. And, uh, you know, I always admired him. And I was like, man, like, you know, uh, at the time I was going in and out of entrepreneurship, trying different ideas, running out of time, running out of money, go back to get a corporate job, get some yeah. experience, learn some stuff, go back in, go back out. And, you know, as you do, you know, growing pains in your, in your 20s. And, uh, and so, you know, one time we're actually planning on, we were at the time we were planning on moving in together and we got this really cool place, really cool condo, uh, totally overextended ourselves. We're like, yeah, let's do it. It's going to be an experience. <laughs> Rooftop pool. We need it. You know, gym on site. We need it. Yeah. Extra space. Sure. Why not? And then we're like, let's do it. And then that was like, when we realized like, oh, well, you know, life is expensive after all. So we, we took a little, like a boys trip to, to Nicaragua for a little surfing party. And I remember we just, we, we go to a town was called Leon, Leon. And we just like went out and just raged all night. And it was so much fun. And it was the first time we really got to like do a trip together. And we hadn't taken a trip in a long time, lost some steam. And then we're just like hanging out at the beach afterwards. And I, and I realized like, man, like, frick, I, I really want to go back into the startup world. And, and yeah, I always admire, I'm like, dude, like, just, how did you do it? Like, you know, you're, you're five years in, like you, you, you've made it, you know, like you've passed so many like amazing milestones or checkpoints that a lot of entrepreneurs have to start. You know, they can't get past ideation or they, they can't get past MVP. And like, he's raised some cash and he's done some cool things. And he's got a legit product. And, and I'm like, dude, how'd you do it? And show me your ways. And so we kind of just looked at each other like, hey, let's do it. And we moved in together the, the next month. And one night a week, we would, we would put on the Habs game and we'd, we'd open up a bottle of bourbon, obviously cheap because we had no money. So some crappy ass bourbon. And uh, we, so we had such a cool, cool condo in Griffintown, Montreal, but we had no more money left. So we just we ended up being beanbags instead of a kitchen table. <laughs> so we're just, we're just like watching some old, like old raggedy TV, put the game on, like hacking it on online. And it was just like shuddering. Like we don't even know if they scored. We like find out 10 seconds later. And uh, we're just like drinking bourbon, just going through business ideas. We did that for like six months and we vetted. You did, we, you went through business ideas for six oh, yeah. months. We, we went through mm -hmm. like, oh man. And the idea was that Phil was like, you know what, hey man, uh, you know, cause he's got his priorities with his business. He's full-time committed to that. He's like, you know, on the free time, we'll, we'll get some drinks. And, you know, just as a, as a friend, like, yeah, I'll, I'll show you the way, like I'll advise. So he's mm -hmm. kind of been serving as advisor since. And 
you know, hey, to have a, a guy who's uh, five, six years into to being a startup entrepreneur, have your advisory, like it, you see the growing pains and you kind of helps skip a few steps for you. So it's been really, really productive. Yeah. So just for six months, we were just hanging out, drinking bourbon one night a week. Well, you know, we're drinking bourbon a few nights a week, but that particular <laughs> night we sit down watching the halves game and, and, and all the beanbags sinking into it because they're unproportional. And, and then, yeah, and then we went through 20 different ideas. So we, we'd have one idea and then I just vet the hell out of it. I, you know, I'd go do my homework and then I would just like do diligence, market research and do that for six months. And then we finally- so just, for, just for the audience, doing the yeah. homework on an idea, what did you, do you do like a, did you ask a couple of friends? Did you do like a Google search? Did you have some criteria that you were looking for for the, for the idea? And oh, even yeah. before, you, before you answer that, I just wanted sure. to, to say- First of all, you're a great storyteller. And second of all, I think it's, it's a fantastic, what you're saying is, is so helpful because it's so honest, right? It's real that you jump in and out of the game and it's real that yeah. things work and, and that they don't work and then you try to get back into it. So thank you for sharing that. And, and also Work Then is a fantastic concept and you're doing a fantastic job on it. The, the landing page, I'm sure we're going to share it at the end, but everyone go check it out. Workden.app, right? Workden.app, that's okay. it. We're in the app stores and everything. So that's fantastic. And we're going we're gonna to st- stick with that. And I'm going to actually visit you next week when you guys open. But yep. how did you, so how did you vet all of these ideas? I think it's a really important step that perhaps yep. is often overlooked. So, you know, you ask me, how did I do it? You know, when I was 25, wasting mm-hmm. a lot of time on things, that was the wrong way of doing it. So learning, if you ask me like, oh, you know, what were your previous startups like? Well, you know what? It was just very ambitious, very large poor execution and mm. ran out of time, ran out of money. So learning all these things, you know, and having, you know, Phil, my partner and advisor at the time to, to kind of guide me through what's the 80, 20 rule type of thing. Mm. Systematically, we approached it very methodically. Like we, we would say, okay, what's the idea? Okay. So we would do some due deal. We just research, we just research a competitive landscape, see who's out there, go on the website to learn about how the model works. And then from that, be able to understand you know, who their target market is and see what the, the market opportunity is. So we do a lot of market sizing. I would see like, you know, how saturated is the market in terms of competition? Are these competitors very venture backed? You know, what are the barriers to entry? Like typical type of like, you know, business stuff. But I, I would even just say just like more casually, like I would just even jump onto review sites and customer complaint sites as like a final step mm-hmm. to see like, okay, this company is doing this. These are the competitors. These competitors are backed. These competitors are, are not backed check their socials to see what kind of traction they had, all their social media handles. And you can also get an idea of who these people are and understand what their client base is. Me having a digital marketing background, I would just use like Alexa and I use like SEM rush and like hacks like that to check the web traffic. I check right. some like, you know, do some social tools and like do some keyword analysis and all that nerdy stuff. And for and everyone, uh, Alexa is not Amazon's Alexa product. It's a, it's a yeah. ranking service. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you just see where, where they're ranked and, and there's a ton of different websites you can use and they're all free. So just like a quick thing to get the bigger picture. And then you go down the rabbit hole, you go down the rabbit hole, you, you kind of get your top five. If there's 10 competitors, you see who the top five leaders are. You go down the rabbit hole and rabbit hole is, you know, who's their team? What are the founders? Are they backed? How many employees? What markets are they in? What are they doing right? What are they doing wrong? And you can only determine that through basically going on like Facebook reviews, checking out what are the people saying, like going on complaint sites, like just anything, Reddit, blogs, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really just gritty. You just scrape in the web. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it helps if you have a, you know, get your feet up on a beanbag and you're kind of doing it at your own pace. But right. I, I was really determined to, to jump back into the startup world. So I, I, I blitzed through those as fast as you can. And as soon as you realize, 
okay, this is the industry I want to go into. And then you can do the deeper analysis. And that's like, you know, next level type of thing. That's when you start becoming a subject matter expert. You start learning about industry analysis, you start learning what it takes to do this, how to execute. And then you just learn everything about the business model of the competitors and how they did it and all that stuff. But before you get to that point, you know, you don't, you're, you're, we had like 20, 30 different ideas. So we I'd do that as mm. fast as I can between, you know, if we did Tuesday, I'd do it before the next Tuesday. And then, you know, Phil and I would sit down kind of like debrief and then be like, okay, X, X, yes, yes. And we just torture test, you know, I don't know if everybody knows the concept of torture testing, but no, I don't, I don't know. It. Tell me. It's really cool. So it's so simple. Red team versus blue team. Right. So one person's like, I had this idea. This is the idea. Then the other person's like, huh, this is what's wrong with it. And you have to defend it. So you're always doing rebuttals. And then basically, I mean, both people want this thing to succeed, but one person is like the red person basically like trying to like destroy the idea and the other person defending the idea. And then if, if the, 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 the blue team essentially is still standing and it's pretty solid, then like, Oh good. You've tortured it. You stress tested it. And, it, and if it's, if it's still standing and you've poked, you, you've tried to expose all the holes in that idea, then you got yourself a pretty winning, winning idea. Then you, then you advance the next step. So we did that for a, quite some time and we got down to three and then from three got down to one. And then we were like, Hey, let's do this. And uh, then we realized like, Oh man, this requires a, a hell of a lot of like regulatory things we have to look into legal. Like, and it was like, Oh my God, we didn't know anything about this. Like we're like looking into like a FinTech and micropayments. We're like, Oh my God, what is this? And then, then, then we started thinking about more towards a workspace solution. And then either way we, we looked at each other. We're like, okay, we have these two, three ideas. You know, I know I want to do this and I'm, I need to start preparing my personal self, you know, to, to exit a salary job to go into entrepreneurship because at one point it's going to require more time. And that took about a solid year to do. So basically we look at each other like, okay, well, how do we, how would we lower expenses? I mean, we're already, we're already sitting on beanbags. So that's pretty and drinking cheap Bergen. So what else, what else can we do? And we're like, you know, we're, we're never here in this cool, super cool condo. We're never here during the day. So what if we just like rent it out to someone to like work? It's pretty, I'd be down to work out of here, you know? So we're like, all right, Hey, let's, let's reach out some friends and people we know. And then next thing we know, we had a startup team of five people working out of our condo during the day and it became their office and they loved it because they got to go down the street to the Adonis, which is like a grocery store, get some fresh produce and groceries, cook a fresh meal. You know, we, we basically fitted the place to feel more appropriate. Like obviously took down all the personal stuff, closed our bedroom doors and made it feel like an office with a kitchen. And it was great because they can do a workout at lunch. They can go on the rooftop and read. Like we gave them the fob and just did their thing. And we're like, sick. We look at our light, we look at each other like light bulb moment. We're like, yeah, this is the idea. Let's do it. So we actually focused on residential in the beginning. And it's actually something we're going to be rolling out. And, and then, yeah. And then we were focusing on this business. And then we, we met someone. Actually, our, our, our tech advisor met someone at like a, like a, I mean, like a, when the Wednesday startup meetup, the startup drinks. Yeah. And it was a dance studio owner who, who was like, Hey, you know what? That's a pretty cool idea. You guys want to try it in our dance studio. So we had a dance studio on the corner of Sherbrooke and St. Laurent. And, and then basically we just like turned into a co-working space. So, so was night, this, was this one of the final ideas that you had scoped out from 20 to three to one, or did, did this just yeah. happen because you were, Oh, it was still one it, of those ideas. So, okay. It was a partial spinoff to that idea. Okay. We were actually thinking at the time, we were thinking, what about, we actually, originally we had an idea of office dorm and basically we had all these amazing office buildings that are empty at night. What if we just like 
Airbnb or something. So we're like, oh, cool. Because I was, I was like seeing a girl at the time who like, she like came from, you know, Eastern townships and she would like live in, in her like uncle's office between 7 p.m. and 7 a.m. And then, but like 7 a.m. she had to get out because like his staff came in. Yeah, geez. So I was like, I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. So we're doing that. And then, then we had the light bulb moment. Like, oh, what about like people who actually need a place to work like condos? So we went, we went, you know, full throttle with that. And, and yeah, and then it just it fell on our lap, the dance studio and we realized, oh, wow, we can make it work in studios. So we're like, oh, residential, commercial. And then obviously commercials, you know, a, a little more simpler because of, you know, lesser regulations in, in, in terms of that and go to markets quicker. Right. And, and then, yeah, then COVID hit and we're like, you know what? Damn, man, let's do restaurants. Let's, let's double down on restaurants. And there's so many epic places that are just everywhere. So, you know, work dance is really just, then is that empty space in your home that you don't use and now you can use it. So a lot of people don't have it. So, you know, we want to have locations that are extremely affordable. That's like an extension of someone's home. So whether it's a dance studio, a really cool bar or restaurant, it's around the corner. You know, I think a lot of people are working from home right now. So the residential model is something that's in the mix for us, but we really want to just focus on helping these local businesses, you know, and getting people out of their homes because everybody's stuck there. You know? Yeah. I mean, the best ideas work on both sides and uh, yeah. I am very much looking forward to changing spaces. So <laughs> when you yeah. in the coming weeks, I'm going to, I'm going to be visiting you guys. I had marked on myself a, a note here. What sure. do you think, what do you think the, maybe the future of work is, is going to look like with, with offices that are not going to reopen? Do you think that maybe this is going to become not even like just a strong trend, but it's going to be the norm that, that people don't really go to the office? It's a really scary question because we have so many friends in, 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 in commercial real estate who own office hmm. buildings and right. they're hurting. And, and the reality is they're getting spooked because these companies who've been there for decades are like, yeah, man, I'm not going to renew my lease. Forget it. You know, it's like, why? Like I have a 20,000 foot, you know, a square foot lease, but I only use like 5,000 right now. And the reality is that people do want to go to the office because they want to socialize, but, mm -hmm. but you know, it's, it's not necessarily cost effective for businesses. So you have to weigh people's productivity with your overall business expenses. And I don't know, I don't know where, where buildings will go. And I hope there's a space for it. I hope we can get creative and find ways to maybe repurpose these buildings and, and, you know, being in the business of repurposing urban real estate, like that's the big vision is that we want to completely relook at how we're using urban real estate. There's no point of building new building, buildings and taxing our environment, destroying, you know, forests and eating up all the wood to do these build outs when it's already existing. So we'll find a way. I think we'll find a way. We're pretty creative. You know, we're, we're doing our part. You know, it, it, people are home. I think businesses will bring people in at 25% capacity or they'll do shifts, 50% capacity, you know, Monday, Wednesday shift type of thing. Like that's what a lot of companies are doing. And then obviously the, the big tech leaders are like, no, nope, everybody work from home until further right. notice. So for us is that, okay, well, look, if you're, you know, company A and, and you're only bringing 25% people in, you're not going to renew your lease or you're going to ask for less space. Cool. Well, you know what? Hey, we're going to find a spot for the other people. You know, and then we're working with corporations now that essentially want to work us into their, their benefits plan, you know, so that they give employees uh, X amount of credits per year to go to a worked in location. So a lot of companies give employees X amount of work from home days, and now they'll have the option to say work from home or work from a work then, and we're going to have locations everywhere. So yeah. have you, have you applied to the creative destruction lab prime stream? There's a general technology <laughs> stream that you guys should apply to. 
Well, I think that's what I'll do right after this. Yeah, we're going to talk about that because uh, you Let's still got 12 days in the application left. And I think it would make sense for the general technology stream to apply. I love it. Let's do it. Let's check it out. I'm thinking, I wonder if you have specific habits or tips or tricks on how you either prioritize your day or make sure you're ready to, to perform each day. Do you have any, any thoughts on that that you would uh, share? Yeah. The reality is, is that you can't really always predict everything. So I have, you know, a background in, in I have a reputation. I grew up, I basically for the longest time was known for the guy who has the worst time management. All my friends actually, it's so bad to the point where like, if we're meeting at nine, they tell me eight 30. But like we would say, hey guys, we're all meeting at 8.30, but they'd be like, yo, don't tell Reggie, tell him Reggie we're meeting at 8. <laughs> and then like, because they call it the Reggie buffer time. So fortunately I've, I've redeemed myself since, I hope at least between them. But in, in terms of balancing things like, you know, yeah, there's a lot going on. I think there's a project management side of things where I tend to really put everything major in a Gantt chart. I'll sit down, I'll, 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 just, I'll just rattle off, I'll do a little work breakdown structure, structure typical project management. I'll, I'll do it down and I'll put in a Gantt chart and I'll make like a plan and everybody needs to make like a short-term plan, long medium plan, medium term plan, long-term plan. And you could do it on more of a tactical execution level, but then there's the whole agile side of things and, um, and just keeping things lean and build measure, learn as fast as you can. So you can go to market quicker. There's that element too. So I think the big rocks I put on a Gantt and the fluid agile things that can change daily I just kind of keep open. So okay, this is this is fantastic stuff. I didn't I didn't think you were going to get into actual traditional project management and agile. So what? Can you give an example of maybe like yeah. what what software you use and and what an example of something that might go on a Gantt chart versus something that maybe is more agile? Okay, so I think I love the idea of waking up, opening my Gantt chart, and seeing what I have to do today. I think that anybody who has and I, this might be a little more difficult. Look, come like look. I have, uh, you know, worked in a more of an advisory consultancy role in a, in a large corporation that was relatively fast. And, and we, it was, it was like hundred percent project management and it was like a lot of quick dynamic movements you had to do. And you had to plan long-term plans for a quarter, do your monthly plan, your 90 day plan, your weekly plan. So it was always planning, 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 but things when you over plan, it's like, you're not able to move and then, and then add things into it. So I think like, understanding where you want to be like any entrepreneur. It's like, Hey, what do I envision myself? Like, Hey, I want to grow to X amount or, Hey, we have to launch this uh, site and you know how long it takes. You're like, you know how long it takes to order the supplies, you know how long it takes to do any kind of marketing and prep and then building it on the app on the website. So you, you can plan those things. But then the other things is like sales, sales, customer service, emails come in. You have to just create a gap in your day. Like for like, Hey, these next two hours, I'm just, doing sales. I'm doing sales inquiries. I'm talking to customers. I'm blah, blah, blah. Oh my God, I have to do accounting or this thing came up and you really need to add a buffer time for those like unforeseen things, which every entrepreneur knows that just, it just happens. So yeah, I think in terms of Gantt, you put the big milestones in where you want to be, how you want to get there. What do you want to accomplish this quarter? What do you want to accomplish this month? And then on a, on a weekly thing, it's like, okay, this week I need to accomplish this big rock, but then you break it down and then you're like, Hey, that's what I'm doing every day. And that daily thing switches as you get more feedback, you tweak things. And then, but I think it's important because if you go too agile and, and I'm, I, I'm a believer of agile methodology and, and scrum, but I think if you just hundred percent that you're going to miss the bigger picture sometimes because you really need to have a big end goal in mind. 
and you have to know how am I going to get there? And you have to just take a 30,000 foot view and take a look at it and be like, Oh, Hey, okay. I'm going the right direction. Cause sometimes agile is like, it's like separating the trees versus the forest. Sometimes you're just like, Oh, I'm in the bushes. I can't see it. But that's cool. Cause you're still doing things, you know, and you're harvesting, but then you're like, Ooh, take a step flat. I'm like, am I running North or am I just like right. spinning in circles? Right. So, I mean, that was a very vague answer, but tactically, no, that was good. Do you, do you yeah. use, do, do you use Trello? Do you use Microsoft project management? Do you use paper and pencil? Or? Oh man, I am a, it's funny. And I get a lot of, and I get a lot, not heat from this, but I get tripped on this one often. I I'm pretty, I'm pretty basic. Like I, like I will create hand make through Excel, my Gantt chart. Nice. And then, and then I will like, first of all, I'll just pu- like, I'll take, <laughs> I'll, here's a step. I puke out everything that's on my mind on a piece of paper in different cells. I take those things, I put them in different functions, finance, operation, marketing, marketing sales, tech, website, whatever, put them in there. And then I say, okay, then I put a date when it needs to be done. And then I take all that and put it in a Gantt chart. And then that's my weekly thing. Usually I do like a, I could do like 15 weeks out. So that, that's pretty much the highest I go. And, and then, yeah. And then I'll just, I have my, my iPhone notes and I just copy paste it in there. And I have a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, and I just tack them all there. I have a section for business. I have a section for personal things I got to do. And when it's really intense and I have a controlled environment, I can actually write down what I'm doing between 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. 10 a.m. Mm. But mostly it's just, you just put it all out there and just, and it's like my, my motto is like, get as much as you can done before the next billing cycle. Like that's really just all you can do as an entrepreneur. And then, and then on really important calls I have in my, my iCal. And when I wake up, I see what I got to do. And I, I put it in my iPhone alarm. So I'll never miss it because it will ring. It will, it will hijack whatever I'm doing. And it will be like, yeah, you got a podcast right now with John. Like, Oh God, <laughs> boom, shut it off. Cause you know, the little cute, those little cute, you know, alerts you get on your phone. Like, yeah, ignore that. My phone's, yeah. I, I'm, my phone's going a mile a minute. I got messages, emails, texts, freaking notifications on social, like it's mm. whatever it's going bananas, but everything gets taken over when that alarm clock rings. And that's alarm clock with a note saying what I got to do. And uh, that kind of just. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to start using that. Your, your technique, putting it, putting it, dumping it all in and then categorizing it. There's a book called getting things done. I can't remember the author, but it's, it's a very similar technique. So it's, it seems to be tried and true that it works. Where do I, uh, where do I go to make this iCal alarm? Do I just use the. Oh, not even. No, I mean, you just open up your phone, whatever you use to wake up in the morning, use that. That's what you mean. Nothing fancy. Honestly, put a time, a time for the specific time. And then the alarm rings just like any alarm. Pretty much. I mean, I know the viewers can't see this, but what John's looking at now is first of all, four alarms to wake up because I'm a heavy (laughs) sleeper. And then I have uh, and I basically create an alarm saying, you know, like if I have a call with you at six, I'll say 545 call with John in 15 minutes. Like, oh damn. So if I'm in the middle of conversation or call, it'll like ring in my ear or something like that. And it'll, it'll alert me saying like, dude, stop what you're doing. And you have something to do. Those are the big, big urgent things you cannot miss. I will never miss a meeting. I'll never miss a call. I'll always make time for people. I'll always make time for, for myself for recreation, but I have to plan it. And mm-hmm. I have to, you know, cause things get crazy and, and you just need to have something that just like, boom, stops. Like these tools are fancy. These are cool. It's really ideal. Like I'm obviously working in teams. Like we're going to introduce that. But for me personally, I just love it old school. It's, it's a, it's a digital pen and pad, no, no, you know, pen and paper uh, that makes a lot of noise when I have to do something. I like it. I'm going to have to take a page out of your book. Let's, um, sure. not, not, well, maybe switching gears here a little bit. What, what browser tabs do you have open on your computer right now? 
Oh, unless man. you unless you close everything every day. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. You know what? I'm gonna say my my browser tabs are actually. It's funny. I put them in like a sequential order of what I gotta do. Like my daily really from left to like, right. Yeah, left to right. That's how my it might be very like primitive or archaic and maybe no, like sounds cool. Super advanced like growth mindset. People are like, oh, what a bozo. I'm just like, yeah, whatever, dude. I'm an ape, and this is how I roll. But it's it's exactly that. Like you know, look, I wake up in the morning, man. I fire up the coffee. I, I gotta check the news. I gotta see what's going on in the world. I mean, it's mm. it's ticey opportunity. I get notifications of of what everybody's doing, like what my competitors are doing, because you know I'm freaking competitive that way. And I kind of understand. Right, cool, a little quick like mental check get the caffeine in my system next tab I have. So I have like my Gmail is open because I have all my emails sent there, my Bloomberg's, whatever. And uh, the next tab I would say is uh, Buzu, Buzu learning app. I'm always trying to learn a new language. Yes. Great. Focusing on language. I'll do like, uh, I'll do Spanish like five, 10 minutes every day. Nice. It's kind of cool. It's just like, cause it gets me out of like, again, you know, you, you want to, as an entrepreneur, it's like, especially me with so many like, jack of all trade influence of sports, you know, science and, 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 and art. Like I, I try to do something creative and uh, yeah. So who's the learning app. And then after that will be like, uh, you know, usually my, my first task, what I got to do, you know, if it's a website or if it's the socials or if it's the CRM or something. And then, and then, yeah, there's always like a YouTube, like playlist going on in the background. And then sometimes I'll get ADD and I'll just check out some like surfing clip from GoPro. And I'm like, yeah, I want to do this, but like, I can't right now, you know, whatever. But, uh, and then, yeah. And then I'll like look at a drumming clip. I'm just like, oh yeah. When I, you know, I have time, I'll hit the drums and I'll practice. I'll try this song. So it's like, just like a mental refresh. And then, and then, yeah, so that's pretty much left to right. You know, it's, it's easier that way. That's that dovetails into the next question I was going to ask you, what are you wanting to learn more about? But you kind of already answered that with, with languages and drumming. I guess it gives your brain a little bit of a, a mental break, right? From, from work yeah. to creativity, work to creativity, work to creativity. Well, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're, you're always learning. You got to be a subject matter. I guess that's my consultancy background too, is that like I had to learn something so fast. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't like, I, I worked in the semiconductor industry before this mm-hmm. as a job. And I was like, oh my God, what the hell is this? And you have to like become an electrical engineer really quick. And you have to be able to like guide 40 people to sell this. And you have like all of a sudden like staff on you and you're like, oh my God, I got to be like, I don't know my stuff. So yeah, I mean, I guess that's the same thing as, as being a founder or CEO or, or whatever, anybody, any manage, managerial role, like you got to know, you got to know your stuff. And so, you know, being abreast the times being up to speed on things like i'm always learning something like i did like uh, during the pandemic i think i got my lean 61 black belt i was like cool why not you know yeah i noticed that that's super cool i checked out that i think i'm gonna have to check that out what did you would you recommend it to people absolutely for sure really depends on a lot of things like i'm not like it's good to know and i think when we get more data like like startup thing it's like you're just being dynamic you're shifting it's more like big rocks macro big picture but you know when we have higher amounts of data, like of the likes of the, of the, the Airbnbs and the big tech companies. And yeah, it's going to become extremely important because mm. all you're doing is you're optimizing the path of something and you're using statistical analysis to yield a result. That's going to basically either bring you more operational efficiency, decrease your costs or a fluid way to increase revenue, increase the customer experience, user X. So if you're going to use it, I, I really enjoyed it. But I'm more, I'm more like in, I'm more geared towards the lean methodology, you know, like the whole lean startup concept. And that's something that's, I, I put a lot of credit to, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs kind of get paralysis analysis and, and that's happened to me in the past. It's probably part and parcel as to why my previous startups didn't work. Cause I was just so, 
inundated with all the details and I was just like, you know, like I said, harvesting through all these brushes, but never bushes and never like thinking, Hey, am I going North? You know, and that's what going to market and, and selling, getting customer feedback uh, is the best. And that's the idea behind lean. So I really appreciate the lean part of lean six Sigma. The analysis portion is, is fun too. I definitely, I've, I've rolled out a lot of good black belt projects at my previous job. So I got really comfortable with stats. And just agile methodology, I think any project management is, is important, right? So um, I would check it out. I, I definitely recommend it uh, for anybody who's uh, wanting to hone in on those skills or uh, just pick up a book, man, you know, just pick up, you know, just, just get introduced to the concept. You know, in my case, uh, I wanted to get it because I like the challenge. And like I said, I'm just competitive. I'm like, I got to, I got to master this, but I mean, really just pick up, you know, I think it's what, um, I forget the author or something, Reese, anyways, lean startup uh, author, just read that thing and be good to go. Where can the audience go to learn about work then, get the free trial going and, and get started? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. So check us out. I mean, we're, we're a very social company and we work a lot with cool influencers who are in the space. You'll probably see us somewhere on social media, but if you want the direct information, just go on our, our website, you know, www.workden.app and you'll have everything there. It'll link you to the socials. You can check out what's going on, you know, what we're doing and what locations we got. And you can obviously just download the app right then and there. One click of the button, you know, so pretty much check it out and you check me out too. You can just follow me, Steven Reginball at Steven Reginball, right at Reggie was taken. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah, you gotta use my full name and yeah, no, for sure. And, and we'll set, we'll set anybody up who uses the special uh, discount code that we decide and, and get a little sweet perk. Fantastic. Thank you for signing up. Yeah. Everybody gets a free trial week and maybe a little something, something. We're going to put that in the, in the show notes, Reggie, this has been, uh, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate your time, man. Cool. Thanks, man. No, it's been fun and awesome podcast. Like again, love the name and uh, yeah, uh, reach out to me anytime. Fantastic. Thank you. Okay. Thanks everyone for joining. That was this week's episode. As we mentioned, the coupon code is John30, and if you use it in the app, you'll get an entire month free of using Workden Spaces. I think it's a fantastic concept. I tried it myself. I'm going to be working there pretty often, so check it out. As always, if you like the show, there are no sponsors, so share it with friends, share it on social media, share it with whoever you like, and that's how the show gets more eyeballs, gets more known, uh, and it helps to keep us going. So thank you very much, and we will see you next time on Rise and Shine. We'll be